As British Columbians went to the polls here in Vancouver, Ken Sim was elected mayor of Vancouver after campaigning on a platform that prioritized public safety and affordability. The leader of the newly formed center-right ABC Vancouver Party won by a commanding margin over incumbent Kennedy Stewart. The party dominated Saturday's election with all of its candidates appearing to have won their seats on council, park board and school board with decisive victories of the majority. Sorry, Sim, who lost the Vancouver mayoral race by 957 votes uh, to Kennedy Stewart in 2018, has now made history by becoming the city's first Chinese-Canadian mayor. Take a listen. Now, the path to get here was incredibly long. 135 years after the first Chinese head tax was paid just for the right to come here and work on building a railway, Vancouver has elected its first Chinese-Canadian It was quite the celebration, as you hear on Saturday. Ken Sim joins us now. Ken, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Jazz. Thanks for having me here. Well, it's quite the journey. As you said, it was a very long uh, you know, job approval. I think it took four years, of course, until last time to today. Uh, uh, you are now a mayor-elect. Um, give me a sense of what the last 48 hours have been like for you, not just in front of the camera on Saturday night, but behind the camera. What, what has been going through your mind? What have you been talking about? Because... Uh, it's a huge responsibility you're taking on now. Yeah, you know, it, it's been kind of a whirlwind, um, but we haven't actually had a lot of time to think about it because uh, we we had our uh, uh, we had our um, election on Saturday night. We had a couple of beers uh, Saturday uh, night, Sunday morning, uh, and then we went to bed, and then we focused on the transition. So. Uh, Sunday afternoon was spent uh, with our transition team with um, you know, our, our campaign manager, Kareem Alam, Diane Watts, who is actually the former uh, mayor of Surrey and uh, member of parliament. We had um, James Ridge, who was the uh, deputy city manager in the city of Vancouver um, back in, um, uh, what, I guess, like in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, Tung Chan, a former city councillor, our council team and our campaign team all working hard. Um, to um, map out the next steps on how we transition um, so we can hit the ground running come November 7th. What do, what tone do you want to set on that first day or your first week? Uh, I mean, this is a, a massive uh, bureaucracy and budget that you, that you have to handle with your council colleagues. What's the tone you want to send uh, set on day one? Oh, there's probably five or six different things that we want to set, but you know we want to bring optimism um, and hope back to our city, and we want to unite our city. Our city feels like it's been divided for such a long time, um, and I, I truly believe that um, you know we can u- unite Vancouverites and celebrate our uh, different lived experiences. And when it comes to the hope, uh, be it uh, you know um, you know public safety or getting a housing permit or any other of the 92 different things that we have in our campaign in addition to those two things um you know we we want to roll them out we want to hit the ground um really fast and um you know if when you look at the election results when we put our platform out uh the city of vancouver voters voted on it and they gave us a resounding yes they liked what they saw and they want it to happen. And so we're going to make it happen. Was there one policy during the election campaign in your mind uh, that resonated the most with the public in regards to uh, whether it's housing, whether it's crime, whatever it may be? Was there one policy that made the difference in your mind? 
Um, I don't think there was any one thing per se, because Vancouver is a collection of different neighborhoods, different cultures, different, um, you know, different constituencies. And so depending on where you lived, you know, for example, if you lived in Yaletown or Strathcona or Mount Pleasant or Chinatown, your number one concern was probably public safety. Um, If you you know, we're, uh, let's say, you know, in the millennial sort of category and you're looking for a place to live. Housing was probably your number one category. Um, but de- definitely the, the top two for sure were housing and public safety. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about public safety for a moment. Uh, a lot of conversation has, has, you know, we've talked about just people feeling safe in downtown core, in and around downtown, Chinatown, uh, tourists, and there's perspectives of Vancouver as well. You've promised 100 police officers, 100 new mental health nurses. How fast do you think you can start that process and how long do you think it'll take to attract those 100 police officers and, and 100 mental health nurses? Yeah, so um, what we um, promised the city of Vancouver was as soon as we got into office and if we had an ABC majority on council, um, we, it would be one of the first things we do. And so we have that majority, so uh, don't be too surprised if it, uh, if it happens in the first couple of uh, council sessions that we approve the hiring of these individuals. Um, I'm optimistic. Um, you know, it, there was a lot of thought and planning that went into uh, developing that um, plan. And we, we had great conversations with the VPD. And by the way, um, full disclosure, the VPD, they were willing to have these conversations with anyone running for elected office. So they weren't doing us any favors whatsoever. Um, but um, when, when we asked them, they said it was completely doable. And the precedent they had um, was back in 2010, they actually hired 200 police officers for the Olympics. So uh, we feel very confident that, um, you know, we can make a lot of progress on the hiring of police officers. So uh, just to, uh, con- the- just to yeah. confirm, though, you, you're going to approve the hiring of these police officers, mental health nurses, but the actual implementation isn't going to be something that's going to happen within a year. I'm going to assume this will happen over the next four years during your mandate, the hiring of the 100 officers. No, I like we want to hire them as soon as possible. And so um, we feel optimistic that we can make a lot of headway on the bulk of those hires within the first year. And and that's the Justice Institute. I mean, they have the capacity to, to, to give Vancouver the 100 or at least as many as they possibly can compared to other jurisdictions. Do you think that's possible? Look, I, I think there's probably going to be uh, multiple sources uh, where we, um, you know, where we access um, additional police officers. Um, that that's an operational question for the VPD. When we asked them, would they be able to do it? They gave us a resounding yes, they would be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll leave it to them. But, you know, the situation is dynamic as well. For example, you know, um, as of the last or this election this weekend, you know, there there's some um, there's movement uh, in Surrey, for example. (laughs) That's true. Look, look, we, we, we support our partners. We look at this as a regional issue. That's not the point. The point is uh, situations change and, you know, we may be pleasantly surprised with um, opportunities that present themselves. Mm-hmm. And we also know the VPD is a destination police force. People actually want to work there. And so um, we're, we're very excited about, about the opportunity um, to um, find these individuals and have them, um, you know, um, onboarded um, 
sooner rather than later. If you're just joining us, we're speaking to Ken Sim, mayor-elect for the city of Vancouver. He, along with his ABC colleagues, uh, had a resounding uh, victory on Saturday, clearly indicating change and Vancouver residents and their desire for change uh, as well. Uh, Ken, let's talk a little bit about the budget itself. Uh, You know, there are obviously going to be tremendous, there's going to be tremendous pressure in regards to spending. Where will you save? Where will you potentially cut Yeah, so the first thing we have to do is we have to understand the budget. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the budget on a line-by-line basis to figure out, uh, you know, what's going on there. Uh, I do want to be very clear. There's no intention whatsoever to cut uh, service levels. Um, So I want to make um, sure that everyone understands that. But there are a lot of, um, I'm sure, opportunities uh, where we have... um, you know, spend on uh, non-service related issues where we can, you know, start to make judgment calls as to, you know, do we prioritize office furniture over public safety? Um, personally, I, uh, right now, <laughs> I, I, you know, I prioritize public safety over office furniture all day long. And so those are the type of pragmatic uh, decisions that we're going to be making once we uh, have access to the budget. So just a quick hot takes here uh, in regard wine. If I wanted to go to the beach or the park, have, have a glass of wine, that is coming? That'll be permanent? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's the plan. We uh, we put that in our 94-point uh, platform, and Vancouverites, uh, they gave us a re- resounding heck yes on that one, and so we're going to do it. Uh, in regards to Stanley Park, in regards to bike lanes, or and there's a lot of concern that uh, vehicle traffic was very difficult to go through and get through Stanley Park. That will be changed as well. I want to uh, confirm that. Yeah. So uh, what we've um, what we've talked about is we want to make sure that we're, we're going to start building Vancouver uh, to be the most accessible city on the planet. And by that, uh, look, we, we still want uh, bikes to be able to access it. I'm a, I'm a cyclist. I love, uh, I like uh, bike lanes. And, um, but we also have to make sure that it works uh, for everyone in the city. And so we want to make sure that cars can access the entire park, cyclists can, pedestrians. Um, so it, it's a place for everyone to enjoy. Uh, let's talk a little bit about permitting. Uh, you go through this municip- uh, throughout the Lower Mainland. Every municipality has different processes. Some cases you can get a, a permits approved in six months. I'm talking about housing specifically. In some municipalities, it may be two years. Different projects, different processes. How will you? And Vancouver has this notorious reputation of taking too long to get permits. What will you be doing to reduce wait time? Yeah. So we have our. Um uh, you know, we talked about our 3331 plan to speed up permitting. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about the workflow. And uh, so I, my background is I've spent the last 20-plus years working on workflow. I'm a workflow expert. And um, as we improve the processes, we should be able to speed up uh, the permitting um, quite a bit. I like the fact that you mentioned that there are other jurisdictions that are doing it in six months. That's exactly it. Like, there, we already have precedents of other jurisdictions in our backyard that are doing a way better job than the city of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, look, we, we can talk about workflow all day long. Um, I don't know how much time we have on this one. <laughs> I, can, I can get really geeky. I actually think we can do uh, uh, laneway houses. You know, if you have a standardized build that's already been done hundreds of times in the city mm-hmm. and it's already going to be built in a place that's already approved for laneway houses, why do you have to wait eight months to two years for that permit? You should literally be able to go on the Internet click two buttons and get your permit, um, start your build. And obviously we would still do all the inspections and what have you to make sure you're doing the right things. Um, but, you know, you can literally shave off that entire wait time 
um, with one simple stroke of a pen. Now, speaking of laneway houses, housing obviously is a major issue in, in communities throughout British Columbia. Um, Minister, uh, well, candidate EB, not Minister EB, uh, soon to be potentially Premier EB, has talked about his housing plan of three units potentially in metro areas per uh, per uh, single-family lot. Uh, he has talked about allowing uh, uh, secondary suites in homes throughout BC. Basically, he's going to bigfoot municipalities. Are you okay with implementing some of those changes that he has certainly uh, presented in his housing plan, particularly the three units uh, per lot uh, uh, designation? Yeah, so I, I think standing back, what I like about um, Minister EB's, um, you know, he, he's identified that there is a problem and we have to be bold. And so we will support um, anything that makes sense for the city of Vancouver. Um, and it's really our job to make sure that we have our house in order and that once again, it goes back to permitting. If we speed up the permitting process, mm-hmm. um, you know, we don't even have to worry about, um, you know, some of the issues that are um, ideas that Mr. Uh, Evie will be bringing up because we're, we're going to solve our own internal issues. But I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think you have a point there. But I think a lot of this also is, at its core, uh, we've built our cities and our lives around the concept of a single-family home. And what Mr. Mm-hmm. Eby is suggesting is the single-family home is of the past and is not going to be a priority. Uh, gentle density, you know, uh, that missing middle that we all talk about, townhouses and condominiums, not not necessarily built on busy thoroughfares. And that also is a bit of a pushback to residents in Vancouver who are going to say, wait a minute, I want to protect my neighbourhood the way it is. And that ultimately falls at the feet of the mayor who has to deal with with all of it, his own residents, his own constituents, plus a senior level of government. Are you okay with some of those things that may come to fore where you're going to have to talk to single-family homeowners and say, look, we are going to add three-storey uh, walk-ups and those types of things. I mean, that that's going to come during your tenure. Yeah, look, I, what I can do is I can control our actions uh, at the city of Vancouver. You know, what uh, Mr. Evie decides to uh, implement or not, if he gets the opportunity, we'll deal with that situation then. But what I can tell you is um, we're going to speed up the permitting process. Uh, we already have uh, uh, things in work like the the Broadway plan, uh, Jericho, Sanok. I know that that's um, not like, that's Squamish First Nation, but we already have a bunch of things in the works. And um, if if we just speed up the process there, we can build a lot more housing faster. Uh, I think there has to be something to be said about single family homes. Like when you look at um, you know the, the cultural aspect of some of these um, uh, neighborhoods, there are you know ethnic intergenerational families living in these single-family homes. And you actually could have situations where you have more density in a single-family home than you would have in an entire floor in a condo tower in Cold Harbor. And we have to acknowledge that. And so um, as Mayor of Vancouver, uh, with our councillors, we'll make sure that we make pragmatic decisions that are long-term and will make sense for the city of Vancouver. Well, Ken, I appreciate our conversation. Look forward to having you on uh, in the weeks uh, and months ahead because you've got a lot on your plate and a lot of these decisions are going to be transformational, transformational potentially for the city. So uh, I've always appreciated you coming on the show. Look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much and, and all the best to you. Thank you very much.